4, verses 1 through 11. We're going to read just about 11 verses here. And um, let's see what God will do this morning. I'll give you a minute to turn there. It's also up on the screen if you'd like to look up there. Then was Jesus led up to the... Uh, of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. See what I'm talking about? <laughs> Jump right in there. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city, into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall whoops, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee concerning thee, and in their hands shall they bear shall bear they shall bear thee up lest at any time they thou dash thy foot against a stone and jesus said unto him it is written again thou shalt not tempt the lord thy god and again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as I minister this word that you have given me to speak today, that it would minister encouragement, that it would minister conviction, that it would minister whatever you have sent it to, to speak and to minister to the hearts of people today, that you would have your way in this service and with this message. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated this morning. So has anybody here... This is kind of a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer it. But have you ever had a major, made a major purchase and accepted or accepted a job offer or joined the military? Of course, some of us can say all, yes to all those things. And so, if so, you were faced with a contract that needed to be signed, right? Everyone, if you buy a car, you got to sit down at a table with the guy and buy a, and sign a contract, and then he has to sign it. Or if you buy a house. You got to sign the contract. They got to sign the contract. Or if you join the military, or if you accept a job, you're signing a contract. When you accept the job and you sit down with the HR person and you fill out all the paperwork, you're signing a contract. You're agreeing to certain terms and things that are written in that contract. So it behooves you to know what the contract says. You better know what you're signing, right? And some of those things, like when you're buying a house, you think that is the paper going to ever, or the paper's going to ever end? Am I going to ever stop having to sign stuff? Because you you start getting writer's cramp from having to sign so many papers. 
But it's all about making sure that you understand that you're entering into an agreement and a contract with somebody, and you're liable and you're you're obligated to the 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 terms of the contract, right? And it's to make sure that you stand by this oath that you're making, and that you, the other side of the the equation stands by their promise and oath in the contract, right? Because sometimes people renege on their contracts, right? And so we we can get out of stuff sometime because the other party reneged on their part of the contract. Everybody follow me so far? And this is called a binding contract. So the language of these contracts is usually states certain things, as I've already said. So Satan, the tempter, as he is called in this scripture, He's our spiritual enemy, and he's a lot like God in one respect. Because the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons, does it not? So he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't pick and choose who, who gets saved. He's not a respecter of persons. It, it's to whomsoever will, right? Well, the devil is the same way. He's no respecter of persons. He's, he'll tempt you just as quick as he'll tempt him or him or her back there. He don't care. And matter of fact, the devil don't even care if you have the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, if you have the Holy Ghost, it's like you might as well have a target on your back. Because the devil is going to come after you. He's going to treat you like that deer in the woods that's got those 20 points. And he's going to come after you because he wants to make you a trophy on his trophy case, on his wall. Because you, before you come to church, before you come to truth, before you made a decision to serve God, you were serving him. And he just lost your allegiance. And so he's coming after you with a vengeance. And he's going to try his best to tempt you and to pull you away from God and back over to his side of the field, if you will. Okay? He is no respecter of persons, and none of us is immune from sin. None of us is immune from the temptation to sin, I should say. We're not immune from his suggestions and from his wicked thoughts and imaginations. Ever Anybody ever uh, felt like you, you're, you're sitting there praying, and, and all of a sudden some really off-the-wall thought comes in your head, and you're thinking, where did that come from? I'm sitting here praying. Where did that come from? That's not of God. Right away you think, that's not of God. The enemy, he doesn't even care if you're praying. He's going to come your way. He's going to try to disrupt your walk and your relationship with God because the last thing he wants is for you to have a relationship with that same God that kicked him out of his place. But he had that coming, didn't he? He usurped authority that it wasn't his to usurp. Praise God. But, you know, and the devil, he, he even went so far as to try to tempt. We just read it. He even went so far as to try to tempt the Lord of glory. The God of all glory that came and robed himself in flesh and lived upon this earth so that we would have someone to follow. He even tempted him. We just read that. And the devil, if you read that, he even used Scripture. How many people noticed that? He said, the devil said, it is written. 
go ahead and cast yourself off the top of the pinnacle of the temple here. And, and the, the scripture says that if you do that, that he'll, he'll, he won't let you dash your foot against a stone. He won't let you get hurt if you just, and what did Jesus answer? Because you got to be careful. The devil will use scripture on you to try to get you to do things that are not in scripture. What do you think he did to Eve? Oh, it doesn't say you can't eat it. It just says, you know, he just confused her and she she believed him, right? And then she changed scripture and said, well, he said, we can't even touch it. Well, it never said that. So you got to be careful. But Jesus turned around and said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You don't just say, well, God said if I... If I fall off a building, I won't catch, you know, that doesn't mean you go throw yourself off of a building, does it? That's what he's saying. You don't, and so Jesus, that's why it's important to have this word in us. That's why it's important to know what the word of God says. When these things come your way, you you immediately, the Holy Ghost in you, that, that little alarm system that God put in you goes, wait a minute. Whoa, wait a minute. And you're, you're kind of lining it up and, and running it through the, the, the filter of the word, and you're going, wait a minute, something's not right here. Something doesn't sound right. That's why it's important to have this word in us. And, you know, the devil was the one that was really the one behind, well, God was really the one behind crucifying our Lord of glory, right? That was his plan. But the devil was the one that was working through Judas and all those religious guys to get him up there in the natural and in the spiritual. And so I, I wrote this thought down. In the devil's defense, if he had known, then this is what the Bible says, if he had known that he, who he was dealing with, he'd have never had him crucified in the first place. Because the Bible says if he had, I believe it's in Revelation 10, if he had known it was the Lord of glory, he would have never done it. Matter of fact, the devil would have never even messed with Judas. He'd have never even gone there if he'd have known who this was. And what he was, he was helping to perpetuate the, the very plan of God. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing to me. It's not amazing to you. First, First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. First Corinthians 2, 8. Praise God. I appreciate that booth person this morning. Pray for the lady in the booth. Praise God. First Corinthians chapter two, verse eight. Praise God. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The devil's so dumb. But he's also very smart. He's very subtle. And the Bible calls him subtle, and he calls the Bible calls him an angel of light. He's able to paint things that are very ugly and make them look very beautiful. It's okay if, you know, if you just try this marijuana or this meth or this alcohol, it, it's okay. Look at those other people. It's, it's not hurting them any. And he fails to show you the end of that deal. And the Bible in one place calls him the accuser of the brethren. 
He's not a accuser. He's the accuser of the brethren. And, and as a matter of fact, he's a false accuser. Because all he does is lie. And the Bible says so. He's the liar and the father of it. So if it's not in the Word of God and it's not coming out of your head, it's a lie from the devil. And once again, that word subtle has to come into play here. He's a shrewd businessman. And we're talking about the concept of a contract here. And so the title of this message is your contract, your offer is declined. Anybody ever applied for a loan and you got declined? Anybody? You don't have to raise your hand. We've been declined on stuff and probably a blessing from God that we were. But sometimes you just don't meet all the qualifications for whatever it is contract contractual thing you're trying to enter into. And so the devil works this same way. He's a shrewd businessman, if you will. And just like the guy at the car dealership or the mortgage company or the recruiter at the military recruiting station, that devil will bug you until he can get you to sign a contract with him. Anybody ever been bugged by those kind of people? Once you go in and look at one car and they get your phone number, they'll never leave you alone. Or once you... You know, once you see that, or once you go in and talk to that recruiter, you, you're thinking about joining the military. They'll never leave you alone. Right? And they'll lie. Oh, they'll tell you all the good stuff about having that car or having that thing or whatever it is that you're thinking about buying or thinking about doing. They'll, they'll give you all the good parts of it. And they'll do whatever they can to get you in there, sit down at that table and sign that contract. Because once the contract's signed and you put the key in and drive, drive it off the lot, it's yours. Right? Once you've joined the military, once you've stood up and, and put your hand up in the air and said that, and you, you're done. You're theirs. You belong to them. You just signed a contract. That's the deal. But the, the interesting thing about those people and the interesting thing about the devil and if this is even true about God, he won't, he can't, none of them can force you to do anything. They can't make you buy a car. They can't make you join the military. They can't force you. The devil can't force you to sin. Can he? It's your decision, isn't it? God won't even force you to serve him. Why is that? Because he gave us our human will. And he will not usurp that will, that, that blessing or cursing, if you will, sometimes of choice. That ability to choose can be a blessing and a cursing, can it? We can make bad decisions in life, not just with concern to the kingdom. We can make bad decisions in life and we can find ourselves saying, man, why did I do that? Why did I make that decision? Why did I buy that thing? I can't afford it now. And so we get into these deals with the devil. The devil uses, just like these salespeople, he uses his powers of persuasion. Right? He does. He, he doesn't make us do anything. He doesn't, he doesn't make us do anything. He just suggests that you might want to try this or you might want to do that or it's okay. He'll use subtle language like that. He'll... He'll try to make us an offer that we can't refuse. 
Anybody ever been there? Anybody here ever been tempted of the devil? You know what I'm talking about. It's okay. Nothing's happening to them over there. And they're doing it, and it's fine. And you're looking at other people driving around in new cars, and what's the big deal? You know, until you get down the road six months or a year, and all of a sudden you weren't counting on that employer going out of business and you losing your job. Now how are you going to make that car payment? Well, that's, you know, that's life. That's in real life, but when, when it comes to decisions that we make with the devil, he's trying to get us to enter into a contract with him. And he's not telling you all the fine print. And you'd think it would be easy to just say no, as they say in the world today, right? Not that easy, is it? And so it, it behooves us to keep this word hidden in our heart. Because how are you gonna how are you gonna know how to filter what, what you're hearing in your mind? How are you gonna know be able to filter that against the word of God if you don't have it in here? And so we need that word of God as our filter. Ephesians 6 and 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not a human thing. When you're dealing with the devil, it's, it's all about a spirit realm thing. If we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, this spirit world, against spiritual wickedness in higher heavenly places. So, the things that you're dealing with in your life, it's not, it seems like it's in the natural realm that we live in every day, but it's not. It's in a spiritual realm above. It's, it's in the realm of, of an area that we can't get to physically. We're dealing with spiritual wickedness in high places. And the devil knows, just like God knows, that there's coming a day of judgment. You know, we had that, that one brother that came in here and talked about, you've got an appointment. And you're going to have to be there. you got an appointment with destiny. you got an appointment with your maker one day. And you're not getting out of that appointment. And you don't get to take anybody with you. You're going to be on your own. And you're going to have to stand before that judgment seat. And you're going to have to answer for yourself. Now, he might not literally physically hold up one like this, but he's going to open his word and say, what about this? What about this? What about this? And you're going to have to answer. My word says this. What about, why weren't you doing this? And you're going to have to answer. Because we're going to have to give an answer to our creator. And he's already going to know the answer. We're going to have to be accountable to the God of glory for our decisions that we made. And so it behooves us today to understand that we're fighting against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world. And the, the, the devil is out, like I made the reference to, to the guy hunting the deer, he is out to make you a trophy. He does not want you to serve God. And so he will do whatever he can. He'll use whoever he can. He'll use family members. He'll use co-workers. He'll use every situation and circumstance. He'll come up with so many different creative ways to persuade you to do otherwise than what this word says. 
And if you're not careful, you'll get sucked right into a contract you didn't mean to sign. You won't have the op- you've got the opportunity to say to the devil, your offer's declined, devil. No. Nice try. And you know, I was talking about that this morning. You got to be able to know within yourself when that's happening. That's why it's so important that we have that spirit of God dwelling in us. His temptations are subtle, and we got to pay attention. Amen. Remember what James said in James chapter 1, verse 14. He said, but every human, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. In the Amplified, it says, but every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed, and baited by his own evil desire, lust, and passions. So the devil's going to use your own desires, your own lust, and your own passions. And do we have those things? Are we passionate about things in life? Right? Ask somebody that loves antique cars if they're passionate about those things. They are. Ask somebody that likes to fish if they're passionate about fishing. They'll tell you. They'll, they want to go every chance they can get their boat in the water. That's a passion. That's, that's something that, that they are passionate about, and the devil will use that against us. It's not that we can't have those things, but we... He will cause us to allow those things to become the God in our life and not God to be God in our life. Not that we can't do those things. But those things, will he'll, he'll draw us into a place where we'll start agreeing to his little suggestions. And see, temptation is not sin. Everybody knows that, right? Temptation is not sin. But what, what did we just read? When sin... When, when, when we go past the temptation, we start accepting the devil's contract and making it our own. When we take his idea and he's suggesting it, and we're mulling it over and we, we say, yeah, you know, maybe I will try that. Maybe I will do that. Maybe, maybe I will accept your offer, devil. You just took it from him and made it your own. You took ownership of that thing, whatever it was. And so we got to be careful. He's tricky. It's okay. Just sign on the dotted line right here. You'll be able to afford it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You'll have fun. Oh, here's some videos on embassy duty. That was the one they pulled on me. This is, this is what it's going to be like when you get active duty. You're going to be like one of these guys pulling embassy duty. And I was like, yeah, right. I was at least smart enough to know there's only a small handful of people that even get to do that. Right? They're not going to tell you about the boot camp. They're not going to tell you about all the fun stuff. The devil's not going to tell you the end of the story. When you're hooked on meth and you're selling, you're you're stealing from your own family and doing all these, he's not going to show you all of that up front. He's going to paint it and look, made it look pretty because he is the, the angel of light. So we want to be careful that we don't get tricked into a contract with him. 2 Timothy 2, 4 through 2, 24 through 26 talks about being captive by the enemy. 2 Timothy 2, 24. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance, repentance only comes from God, to the acknowledgement of truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, the trap, the bait. The devil's baiting us, right? He's baiting us. He's, he's putting out bait like, like you put out bait on, in a trap or you put out bait, you put out a, a salt lick or something to draw the deer to a certain area. He's baiting us who are taken captive by him at his will. You mean he, he just takes us captive? We let him. We let him lure us right into the trap, and then he snaps the trap, and we're done. He's got us. Amen? We're taken captive. We're taken prisoner, a prisoner of war. Once someone reaches the status of a prisoner of war, now you're depending on that prisoner, that, that your, your prison guard, to de- provide you with everything. I don't know about you, but I don't want to have to depend on the devil for anything. Amen. Jesus was, uh, he wasn't getting Peter out of the things that he, he got him, that he was about to go through. He, he told Peter, he said, Peter, he said, I'll, I'll pray for you that your faith fail not. He was going to go through some stuff. Judas went through the same thing, the same temptation to, to deny Jesus. And Peter even, even said the words. He even said, I deny him. But what did he do? After that, he went and found a place, and he wept bitterly. He repented of his sin. Once we accept the premise and, and take ownership of the temptation, the thought, and the idea, it becomes our own. So all these things, as I said before, and he's going to try every day. He comes at me every day. I don't know about you, but he comes at me every day with stuff, just little stuff. But it's just like he, it's almost like he keeps hitting the same stuff over and over again. And I, I tell him things like, you know what, devil? I've been delivered of that. Stop bothering me. You know, and it gets easier after a while. But, but you know, after you've made your mind up long enough, does that mean he's just going to walk away and say, well, I give up? No, he's not. He's an angel of light. James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Isn't that what Jesus did when he went into the wilderness and fasted 40 days? Didn't he really live out that scripture right there? The first step in that process is what? Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. So it's all about submitting ourselves to God first. Because the, the devil's going to come. The temptation's going to come. Jesus already said, and, and Paul and all these disciples, they already told the church, you're going to be tempted. When the temptation comes, it, it says, uses the word when. When the temptation comes. Resist it. After you've submitted yourself, that's what Jesus did. He submitted himself. He said, nevertheless, I, I want to get out of this, God, but if I've got to go through this, nevertheless, not my will. But your will be done. I'm talking about the crucifixion. And so Jesus gave us the example of what to do. And, and James talks about it here, submitting ourselves, therefore, to God, resisting 
Then we resist the devil and he'll flee from us. And what did it say at the end of that story? After the, Jesus had resisted him, he tried three times to get him to bow down and worship him. That's really what the devil wants, isn't it? He wants our, our allegiance. He wants our, our worship. And that word worship, oh my gosh, it means obeisance. It means getting down on your face and putting your nose on the ground and throwing kisses at the other guy. That's what they do in those Arab countries. If you're of the same rank, they kiss on the lips. It's like two men. If you're, of a, if you're a lower rank than the guy that you're greeting, you, you kiss on the cheek. And if you're way lower rank, you get down on the ground and you put your nose in the dirt. You bow before him and you basically throw kisses at him and, and just honor them. And that's what the devil's trying to get us to do. He wants us to change our allegiance and our worship to somebody else, to him. He, he don't want us worshiping the God of glory. Amen? And so we got to be careful. The devil will come at us in all kinds of ways. He'll tempt us with all kinds of things. Now, I could sit here and talk to you about the obvious things that I've already mentioned, the alcohol, the drugs, the sex, and all that kind of stuff like that. But the devil likes to tempt us in other areas of our life, and we've got to be careful. He likes to tempt us to be judgmental and to prejudge people and decide in our own mind who's worthy and who's not of the kingdom. when it's not our place to decide that. Because Jesus said, all these that labor and are heavy laden, laden come. Whomsoever will come. And he will in no wise cast them out. He sent Paul to win the Gentiles. And then he said, you're going to be grafted in. You're going to be just like the Jews. And the Jews can't pick, say that you're over here and we're over here. It's all going to be one. And so we got to be careful with the little subtle things that the devil will bring into our mind to cause us to, to fall short of God's glory. Okay? That spirit of judgmentalism, that spirit that I just mentioned. He, he said in Matthew 25, he, he talks in Matthew 25 about <clears throat> those that were in prison and those that were naked and those that were, that were hungry and those that, that were without a home. And he said, and, and you did all these things. And they said, when did we do all this? And what did he say? Whatsoever you've done to the very least of these, my brethren, you've also done it unto me. So it's so. What is that saying? It's saying that everybody outside the doors of this building right now is worthy of our time. They're worthy of the effort that we need to put forth to try to at least give them an opportunity to make a decision and a choice to hear the gospel. They're they're worth that. That's what Jesus said. If they're hungry, if they're thirsty, whatever. If they need something and you're not providing it, and you're just saying, "Oh well." Be ye warmed and be ye fed, but you're not helping them to get warmed or get fed. What kind of religion is that? Right? If a man asks you for his coat, your coat, give him your cloak also, right? It's not yours anyway. It's not mine. And don't you think if God told you to give up your suit to somebody, he'll give you another one? He will. He will. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. What is, give what? What does it say? It doesn't mean just money. Just give of yourself. Give of your possessions. I, I know a, a pastor in Texas 
He purposes every single day to give something away. Every day. Might not be money, it might be something else, but he gives something away every day. And he has proved that principle to be a blessing unto him. Because it's he said it's not his. We're stewards of all the stuff that we have, including this life that we live. He expects us to take care of our vessel, doesn't he? This is totally off the subject anyway. But if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves agreeing with the entreaties of the devil. And so it, that's why it's important that we be careful what we allow into our eyes, our eye gates and our ear gates, what we allow to influence our thinking. Because don't, don't tell me the devil don't work through music and TV and video and all that stuff. All the people that are writing all that stuff and behind all that stuff, they might not be devil worshipers, but they may as well be because he's using them as a tool to preach a gospel that's contrary to this gospel. And so you got to be careful. You know, and he wants our submission. He wants our relationship. This is not this is all or nothing. This is like marriage. You know, forsaking all others was one of the things I said in my wedding vows. That's a pretty profound statement to make when you're just getting married to the person you hadn't known very long. Because you don't know how many others you're going to see along the way. Right? Am I right? Oh, well, she's pretty. Well, she's pretty, right? I'm, I'm just being real. But I stood there at that altar and I said, forsaking all others, it's this one. Boom, period, end of story. I took a vow. Right? We took a vow. When we come to serve the Lord, we take a vow to do it with all, to the best of our ability, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the devil knows that. And he hates that. He doesn't want you to serve God. He's not your friend. <laughs> he doesn't have your best interest at heart. He's out to destroy you. What does the Bible say? He's, that's right. He has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. He wants to kill your joy. He wants to kill your peace. He wants to steal it. He wants your life to be miserable. That's how he gets happy when you're miserable not serving the Lord. So we've got to be careful before we enter into these contracts. Let's all stand today in this place. I think that's the Lord's telling me to stop right there. Amen. God... In this last day, we are really, really, really in the very last of the last days, I believe. And so he's going to make a push. There's going to be a great revival that's going to happen in the last days. It's going to be so great that no man is going to be able to take credit for it. And, and I want to be a part of that. I believe we're going to see that in our lifetime. If you just look at the world around us, it's going crazy, man. I mean, it just you just think the devil's just is winning. If you listen to the news and look at some of the stuff that's in, come listen to stuff that's coming out of people's mouths, all the hate and all the vitriol and everything else, you just think, oh my God. Where the Bible says, where sin doth abound, and boy, sin is abounding right now, big time. Grace does much more abound. The darker the darkness, the brighter the light. And it's encouraging to me. I don't know about you. If you've been 
viewing the the testimonies are still coming in from this this youth congress and people were healed and gotten out of wheelchairs and and this is all young people doing this i've got hope i've got a, a great hope that we have a, we're stepping into a time where god is taking the church and elevating it up saying this is who i am this is who we are and this is our time and I'm going to tell you right now, the devil's going to fight every tooth and nail that he can. Well, I've been in church a long time. He's not going to mess with me. Oh, really? Really? He's already learned that, that I'm dedicated and committed, and he's not messing with me anymore. Really? Where's that in the Bible? He's not going to let up until, he's, until we're out of here. And then he's really going to be let loose. And I don't know about you, but I just want to be connected to the part that's called the church, the ecclesia. I want to be connected to that. So when his spirit leaves out of here, whatever's connected, that's going with it. It's going with it. So we've got to be careful. The devil, is he's there, whether you're serving God or not. He, if you're not, he wants to keep you from it. How many believes that? He tried to keep me from it. I mean, the minute, you know what happened to Jesus right before that story that we read in in Matthew chapter 4? What happened right before that? He had just been baptized by John. So do you think when when you get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, the devil's not standing outside that door waiting on you? (laughs) He tempted Jesus immediately after his baptism. So he, he's not going to just say, oh, man, another one got the Holy Ghost. Man, this is not my day. He's not going to do that. He's coming after you with a vengeance. And he's gotten plenty to turn on God and to turn away. And just like those disciples that started walking away from Jesus one by one, and Jesus turned to the other 12 and said, are you also going to leave? You also going to go sign a contract with the devil? You also going to go your own way? Now, what that really is, the devil's just trying to get us to sign a contract to agree that I'm going to be the boss of my own life. That's that's the big lie. I'm going to be the boss of my own life. God, I'll give you some obeisance every now and then, but I'm going to be in charge of my own life. That's what the devil's trying to get us to do and not be submitted to God. Praise God. Father, we love you.